What's up, Michigan? Welcome back to the final State Champs Michigan's Hang Time podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University of the 2021 basketball season. My name is Lauren Plant. To Julius Kelly in the house, Scott Bernstein in the house, Matt Mowry on the big screen. We've got the whole team here as we are going to put a bow on this year's Hoops Finals because that's basically what we need to do here. We've talked about everything else this season. You can go back and listen to the entire slate of podcasts. And uh, I think we did a great job of, of really giving a, a good perspective on what took place uh, in the most chaotic uh, basketball season, season ever. So first, let me just uh, welcome the gentleman, Scott Bernstein. What's up, man? Hey, man. Let's uh, one final uh, trip into the into the podcast world. Let's run it like a fast break. And, That's it. And jam it home and then you know, reconvene in a couple months uh, for football and then reconvene a couple months after that for another season of hang time. That's right. That's right. Obviously, this season going much longer than we normally have. But uh, for TJ, your season is just beginning. Now that high school is over, the summer season, the second season, the AAU season, and everything that goes with that is about to launch. Yeah, it's time It's time to get some uh, some Enterprise points, uh, some Marriott points. Yeah, right, uh, you yes. Know, stock up for those, and, you know, hopefully I'll have a free place to stay in July, you know, and cash those out. Absolutely. You know, been doing that for 16, 17 years, you know, so, you know, get to go see some other states. Some states open, some states not. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's a, sometimes a day-by-day basis. And uh, Matt Mowry, as we welcome you into the program, uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, uh, so that we could get the podcast out on Wednesday for this week. And uh, we have kind of some breaking news as uh, a big decision has just been announced. Yes, uh, just a couple minutes ago from when we recorded this, not from right. when you're listening to it. Right. Uh, Demia D.D. Hageman um, from Detroit Edison became the 41st winner of the Miss Basketball Award. Uh, they're about to give her the award right now, actually. Um, and uh, she's... I think we kind of thought at when we were at the ceremony last year when Gabby Elliott was getting it, there was a good chance that we would be back there one calendar year later to give it uh, for a third straight time to a Detroit Edison player. It was Rikia Jackson, Gabby Elliott, and now Demia Hageman. Um, obviously, her senior season did not finish the way she wanted it to. The only opponent that has beaten Edison the last two years has been COVID. Um, they had to withdraw from the tournament right before regional finals. And I think they would have been the odds-on favorite to win Division Two yet again, as they would have been last year when the uh, postseason was uh, was canceled. She, she's the, the top-ranked player as far as recruiting in the state. She is one of the most decorated players in terms of awards and and an impact in the game she's a two-time champion and obviously she's a very deserving winner of this award yeah very interesting that uh you don't you know have an opportunity uh your junior year to finish what would have been a state championship this year covid knocks him out but she did win two state titles because she's been on the team yeah. as since she was a freshman where is she headed off to play at the next level she is headed to michigan state and a lot of these award winners over the years have ended up with the spartans i believe she's the 11th but it's been a minute since uh we actually had one headed to the spartans the last one was uh lexi gussert from crystal falls forest park when she uh ended up with the Spartans after the 2014 season. Um, the, the, if, if there's one team that has gotten the most of these awards, it's it's been Michigan rather, or uh, excuse me, Michigan State rather than Michigan over the years. I think Michigan's had four or five winners and, and uh, the Spartans have had double that, but she is she was a huge coup for uh, Susie Merchant at Michigan State to get her to, to stay in state. The other two, uh, Edison, Miss basketball winners have headed to uh, Ricky ended up at Mississippi State and uh, Gabby ended up at Clemson. Obviously, those are two big time players and, and having Dee Dee stay home and, and head to Michigan State where she's going to be kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink there for them for the next four years. That, that was a huge recruiting coup for Susie. And whether you have this information right at your fingertips, but we've never had three in a row from the same school when Miss Basketball. No, no, we've never even had three. Uh, one other school win three ever. The only other schools that have multiple winners even yeah. are Saginaw Nouvelle 
East Lansing, they had Clarissa Bell and Jada Hampton a couple years ago. Um, Nouvelle had Danielle Cam, and I'm going to blank on the other one. And then Redford Bishop Borges back in the day had two of them two years apart. Um, those are the only other ones that have even won two. Wow, so Country Days has not yeah. had two? Country Days only, yeah, Country Days only had one, I believe. Let me let me look to, wow, to isn't that get the list right here in front of me. Yeah, I don't the know. The only was, winner from Peggy, Country Day, Peggy, Peggy Carr, no, right? Yeah, Peggy. Yep. Yeah, or Peggy uh, Evans. Peggy, Ever, Peggy, Peggy Evans in 1989. Yep. Peggy Evans. Wow. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. So, uh, yeah, interesting. All right, well, Matt, thank you. We are going to get back to you. Uh, Mallory in the middle will be coming up, and we'll be uh, talking about the girls. But we're going to start. Uh, we're going to start with the guys, and I think what I'm going to do is we're going to kind of uh, split this up, where we're going to do. Uh, couple of divisions of guys and we're going to go and do a couple of divisions with girls and we'll come back and just to make this uh, uh, more of an inclusive podcast so that uh, the girls don't feel out be, uh, feel left out because this was unprecedented the fact that we had the girls and the guys both playing championship week in the same week it's never happened in the same more. building yeah I mean it'll never happen again where we had you know Quarters Monday girls, quarters Tuesdays boys, semis girls Wednesday. I mean, it was crazy. So, uh, so anyway, that's how we're gonna do it. But we're gonna start with the fellas, and we've got them in here. And let's uh, let's work our way back. We'll start with Division Four. We'll do. Whoa, there we go. Scott knocking things over. We can't have anything nice, can we? <laughs> no. Uh, we're gonna start in Division Four. We'll do the same with the girls. So we'll do four and three for the boys, and we'll go and do four and three for the girls. Um, so let's start in Division Four. Uh, really, no surprise that uh, following. Uh, the escape that Douglas had in the regional uh, semifinals over Plymouth Christian where they had to go to double overtime to get, bath, uh, to get by them. We should remember they hadn't played in about uh, 13 days since then. Um, but uh, since then, uh, they pretty much had uh, you know, been able to do what they want, get it done. Uh, going up against a very, you know, savvy Wyoming Tri-Unity Christian team that it certainly has seen its share of of the finals and uh, uh, and the postseason and success. Um, but in the end, Detroit Douglas, the only PSO representative, uh, gets a state championship, and uh, and they and they did it pretty convincingly. Yeah, hey, I'll tell you what, the convincing moment, let's say the confident moment was. Uh, Pierre at half court. Or, uh, <laughs> he uh, shot that uh, like, like from, the, to, from the from logo. I was trying to figure out the math and stuff yeah. like that. I was like, well, he's about 15 feet, you yeah. know. Like, so, hey, yeah, let's give him a 36 foot jumper, uh, step back jumper, you know, and, and look like Jalen Sons. But, yeah, nothing but net. And, and it was like, it was so effortless. And he didn't, I, I was trying to explain this to my girlfriend who was watching it. And she's like, well, you know, basketball players are supposed to shoot the ball. I was like, yeah, but most basketball players that would shoot it from there would have to shoot it with two hands and, like, right. heave it. Right. He yeah. shot it like a jump shot, like he's shooting it from, like, a free throw. Yeah, yeah well, that's what being 210 pounds and yeah. looking like you're in the 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 the, the weight room uh, in the morning and in the evening will do for you. you and know? then he had a nasty tomahawk jam on a break. I think, I think that another telling moment was uh, Brady Titus coming up with a steal. Going up on the left side, and then you know Pierre kind of tracking him down and and uh, rejecting it off the glass. Yeah, no um, doubt. You know, and, and Brady Titus played a phenomenal game, um, in my opinion. Really was the factor that you know they got everything clicking for. Kept Tri a minute. Kept, a, kept minute. a minute. Right at the free throw line, yep. it seemed to be his office. Uh, you know, knocking down elbow jumpers, finding guys out, and being able to kick the ball out. Um, but yeah, Douglas at the end of the day only played five guys. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, they, they only had eight, right? Yeah, I believe they only had eight. Um, what one of the one of the funnier moments to me was, uh, I believe it was Malik Smith. You know, he's wide open uh, on the, on the wing. You know, and right in front of the Douglas bench, and they're yelling it like, hey, "Shoot the ball! Shoot the ball!" You know, one second goes by. Two. I mean, if he was in the if he was in the paint, he would have been called for three seconds. You know, but finally wound up shooting the ball and bounced around a couple of times, and then finally wound up going in. Um, you know, and then. Yeah, and then but yeah, it was it was it was a it was a wonderful effort effort for hats off to uh to uh, Detroit Douglas. Um, you know, and I know that Pierre Brooks is a guy I've known for quite a while. You know, I remember when he was at Detroit Northern uh in the early part of the twenty first century. And uh yeah, it's been it's been a fantastic ride to see him go along and do that. I don't know how many coaches have won uh, a city championship with one team and then a state championship with another team. Um, you know, albeit Division Four, but you know, I, I hats off to him, and I think it kind of just kind of shows what he's been able to do over the years. And yeah. Let me shout out, um, in my opinion, one 
one of well, he is the most underrated big fell in the state. He might be the best big fell in the state. Uh, Javante Randall had a great game at Breslin. I think he averaged a double just, double all year. Yeah, had but he just, and but 10 in he, this one. He had fifteen and ten. But if you look at the at the stat sheet. It was an incredibly efficient 15-10. It was. Only missed one shot between his free throws and his yeah. field goals. Mm-hmm. He was uh, five for five or five for five from the line, five of six from the field. Um, you know, I, I compare him to uh, Demarcus Cousins. You know, I, you know, if he had another year left next year, I'd be calling him J Boogie uh, instead of D Boogie. Mm-hmm. But I, I think uh, Javante Randall was obviously a late bloomer. Um, but he's six ten. He's he's been able to. To move, you know, you see him in practice. He can push out of the paint and, yeah. and shoot the ball. He's learning uh, to expand his game. And I know that in the world of recruiting now, traditional bigs or the traditional back, your back to the basket guys are being overlooked or or recruited over because the, this trend of positionalist basketball. But I'm telling you, whoever whoever snares Javante Randall, it might not be next year. But when this kid develops into you know the full player that he can develop into, I mean, I, I think his ceiling is is through the roof. Certainly has a great attitude. He's a great interview to talk to after. Uh, obviously, Pierre Brooks, uh, the second, uh, a Michigan State signee. So uh, he was playing on what will be his home floor. He had a double-double 15 and 11. He also had five assists, two steals, and two block shots. Is it pretty much a foregone conclusion that we should expect in a couple of days that Pierre Brooks is going to be named Mr. Basketball? I think it would surprise many people. Um, again, I think I think it's kind of up in the air just because you never know exactly what's going to happen. You know, I and think voting they, did take place before the state finals. Yep. It always happens right after quarters. So. Yep. So, I mean, whether he finishes first or whether yeah. he finishes second, um, if it's not Pierre Brooks and then Kobe Bufkin or Kobe Bufkin and then Pierre Brooks, it would surprise me. Okay. Um, but, yeah, yeah, hats off. And when, and going back to what you were talking about with Javante Randall, you know, Pierre, Pierre Brooks the first. Talked about yes. talked about uh, you know the sacrifices that Randall has made, yes. um, especially you know going down the going down the tournament stretch. Hey, this is what you need to do. You know you're the biggest guy out there. You know go, and go out there and control the paint. And I think that you know just being coachable, uh, you know, goes a long way and, and and speaks to Pierre, speaks to Douglas, speaks to uh, Javante. And I think the fa- and this is the last thing I'll say, we'll move on to, to Division yeah. Three. Yeah. But I think the fact that he's you know six ten state champion that has you know, check when you look at him, and you just watch him run the floor for you know two minutes. He checks a lot of the boxes, but it, it's almost a statement on where we are in basketball right now that he does not. Well, part of it is the COVID and the the bottleneck in recruiting with scholarships and stuff. But yep. if this was ten or fifteen years ago, I mean, Javante Randall would be a would have been swept up by a team oh, yeah. already. Yeah, but, Seton Hall. Right, but be, yeah. but because everyone's looking for that. That six ten wing. People are looking for the six ten wings now, as yeah. opposed to the six ten bigs. Yeah, you know he's no, I he's, know he's he, on the outside he, looking he, in. He's a victim of circumstance, yeah, yeah. and uh, but like you said, talent cream rises. And, yeah, exactly. And, uh, all right, here's all I want to say as we as we get into uh, the Division three matchup. Ninth most points in an MHSA final. Seventeen is seventeen of twenty seven from the field. Just one three pointer. Uh, and two free throws. That's, call, that's all call, he needed to you do. You called for it last uh, last podcast. You were like, I want to go to Breslin, and I want to see – I remember you right. said, I want to see like a Keith Appling performance right. when Appling had 49. Well, he didn't have 49. He had 37, but it was a performance for the ages, and, and he was turning people inside out, yes. up and down, around, putting them in the – through the ringer. You know, uh, he, he was he was a whirling dervish up there. We are talking about Keon Menefield Jr. from Flint Beecher and – uh, you know, credit coach Mike Williams again. There's Beecher back in the state finals, and there's Beecher winning another state finals. They talk about six championships six. for Mike Williams. Uh, and, you know, a friend of mine. I mean, he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, hats off to him. It was kind of like a, a double up for him because he went to Grand Blank. Got to see Grand Blank yeah, win I know. as well. Uh, just in the game prior to their yes, game, right before. Uh, you know, but so much. Ha- you know, I think I think that Coach Williams does a gr- fantastic job. Obviously, the proof is there of just preparing his guys. 
And whenever you count Beecher out, and I think we kind of even talked to it, alluded at least to it, you know, in, in our first podcast of the season. Because we went to the Orchard Lake game and yeah. we're like, oh boy, it just yeah, doesn't seem like. Yeah, but you can't count a Mike Williams you team out there. I mean, if it was the three of us out there, I don't think we would have got any playing time, you know, but we would have definitely, we, he would have made sure that we were on the bench right. cheering and make, and, you know, at eight. And what you'll get in the last couple of minutes and they're the kind of team that, hey, let's make sure that we could push this. You know, to uh, to another level. You know, so we can get some of our bench guys in there. Yeah, I mean, and, we uh, do... fantastic moment for everybody for the yeah. Beecher community, yeah. uh, for the for the players, for the team, obviously, mm-hmm. Coach Williams. I mean, we give so much credit to. I mean, for the resiliency of a group like Iron Mountain to after what they went through in 2019 last year, didn't get a chance to go back and try and win one, gets all the way to the state finals again. Everyone thought the best player on the floor was going to be Foster Wonders, right. and Foster Wonders is really, really good. Right, but, but Keon Minifield just took everything to another level well, and got into the zone and stayed there the whole night. The the Buck defense was just smothering. I mean, Iron Mountain didn't have a chance in this one. It was done from the get yeah. and uh, and that that's how locked in they were and seventy five to forty seven is the final of that and, and Iron Mountains never lost a game like that no Min- matter who they played and Minifield was saying you know I should be the Mister Basketball candidate here. Right. and that's again all due respect to Foster yeah. who deserves the Mister Basketball nod yeah. but don't think that that wasn't in Minifield or the people in Flint that were coming down to the Breslin to display what Minifield brings. Well, and again, I think, you know, so much of what happens, uh, and this is what Tom Markowski and I used to always talk about, so much of what happens at the Breslin the season before your senior year Mm -hmm. is what helps determine what the ballot's going to look like next year. We know that Flint Beecher, led by Jalen Terry and Ernest Sanders, were going to go to the state finals. Mm-hmm. But there's a guy named Keon Menefield who was going to be that X factor, that other guys they made a run I discovered last, him last year. I discovered yeah. him last year at Ferndale in the um, Round Ball Classic, the 2019-20 Round yeah. Ball Classic, where they beat Orchard Lake St. Mary's. That was uh, Horatio's event. The tip off. Oh, sorry, that was yeah. a Horatio, yep. right? And obviously, I went there to go see Jalen Terry, and I remember Jalen Terry had a, an amazing game that game. Yeah. But I remember looking at Keon Manyfield. I was like, oh, this is a kid that everyone needs to be aware of. You see, yeah. and we would have been aware of him, and I bet he yeah. would have done something spectacular, uh, whether in the semifinals or the finals at the Breslin in front of all eyes. I remember you know, writing about it last summer, telling yeah. people to you know look out for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but just another, you know, another in the long line of all-time great Flintstones and. And there's just such – we're talking about tradition and history. People talk about the PSL, and there's obviously a ton. Of, but go up to Flint and just go into the record books. <laughs> like go back 50 years. You can find so many you know, future big-time college players, future pros, state champions. Bill Frieder. I mean you look yeah. at all the way back then, future – you know. Back at the when he was when he was a when he was winning state champions as a high school right as a high school you know and then he winds up moving on to uh, you know University of Michigan years later and then you know Bo Schembechler uh, wound up saying hey if you're going to go commit to Arizona State we're going to get rid of you and we're going to bring in uh, this other guy you know and we'll let him you know get his first six wins or seven wins the the mitten really has three historical meccas when you when you talk about Detroit Pontiac and Flint. And that's not even and counting Saginaw. Saginaw. Not, Saginaw. Not even counting Saginaw. There, you, you got yeah. four four cities that just I-75 produce so much basketball town. The I seventy five, I seventy five is strong. You know, uh, but yeah, it was phenomenal. I, I think that one of the best things about Michigan, and I was so happy to see. And, and we were talking about them as a Cinderella team. You know, and it was great talking with David Burns, uh, the coach of Battle Creek Penfield. You know, and we'll talk about them in yeah. the Division Two later, but. You know, uh, and I was actually able to see Trey McDonald on Sunday, uh, but he was the last Division One player to come out of Battle Creek. But I'm, um, you know, and we're kind of talking about some of the all the the years of talent, you know, that have come through. And you know, we, yeah. and you know, it was great to hear Matt talk about, um, you know, you know the let's say this the the variety of uh, different uh, players that have come from Miss Basketball yeah. or from from the different schools. You know, I mean. You know, Kenyon Murray is was Mr. Basketball. His son's now a standout at Iowa, where he also went to school. But I mean, at one point, you know, I mean, if you and go back to the University of Michigan basketball team that wound up winning in '89, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, you had Terry Mills from, was from Romulus. You had uh, um, uh, Mark Hughes is from Grand Rapids. You know, Lloyd Vardis from Grand Rapids. I mean, there was a lot of talent yeah. on that team from from all over the state, yeah. and 
And it was so it was great to see Battle Creek involved. It was still great to see Grand Rapids involved. Great to see the Flint area involved, Detroit involved. Yeah. And I think that it, you know it's one of those things where it kind of helps out you know the 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 whole of the state of Michigan. And even when you bring in Iron Mountain, and here we have the Upper Peninsula, you know. And I think that that's we're 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 better as a state um, when everybody you know is is able to shine. And we've got guys you know from all over the state and saying. Oh wow, they made a 14-hour trip, you know, and people yeah. are ma- mapping out Iron Mountain and stuff like that. You know, I'm sitting next to, you know, some guys and you know in the in the game and I, you know, even talking with some guys in the back, you know, in the back in the press. You know, like 14 hours. I'm like, man, that's a, you know, I'm all, I'm almost I'm almost in Miami there if I leave from if I'm yeah. leaving from Detroit. I'm definitely ba- past Atlanta. Uh but yeah, it, it it's it's phenomenal um, you know, to see that. But yeah, a lot of a lot of talent. Yep, no doubt about it. And uh, the last thing I think we'll just we'll just say is that uh, uh, Grand Blank and Flint Beecher were supposed to play twice uh, yep. this year, but they had to cancel it. Uh, and so I was like, well, you know, you just need to get on the blacktop. Let's uh, let's get Beecher and let's get Grand Blank together, Bobcats and Bucks, and uh, let's let's play it out. We'll we'll stream it live on State Champs. Ah, hey, that that that'd be that'd be something. Let's wait another week or two and make sure that weather's a little bit That's warmer right. and let's uh, do it. No, no, and not a lot of wind. That's right. You know? Like I said, like the end of Rocky Three, right? Right. You know ding, I mean? ding, ding, ding. There you go. Let's see who can play. Anyway, uh, before we get to uh, what's happened in Division Three and Four on the girls' side, I want to let you know State Champs Michigan's Hang Time Podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity level sports, including men's basketball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Hang Time is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSA needs officials. Go to MHSA.com. Great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. Support the kids. Give back and get paid. Help wanted? Just whistle. Go to MHSA.com slash officials. Also, Hang Time brought to you by the pros at the Detroit Medical Center's Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. Check out our Game Changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery trip tips. You can find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on our website, statechampsnetwork.com, or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for immediate access to care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. Finally, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Awards. The state's elite athletes will be honored with the Red Carpet Gala on Monday, June 14th at the incredible DAC in downtown Detroit. This year's nominees will be announced tomorrow. So when I say tomorrow, it's Tuesday. It'll be Wednesday. This week, you will know who are the six finalists for the female and male basketball or, uh, excuse me, uh, athlete of the year award uh, nominees. And there is basketball represented on both lists. So that's all I'm going to say. For more information, head over to DACAthleteoftheyear.com. All right, we're going to head over to Mowry in the middle. Matt Mowry's coming in, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Division Three and Division Four uh, state finals that uh, took place at the Breslin Center on Friday, which was April 9th. Uh, and uh, let's go ahead and start in Division Four. You know, Matt, I had a, a heck of a time trying to predict at the small school level uh, who was really going to come out and what cream was going to rise to the top. And um, boy, in the end, Fowler was the team to beat, and they beat Belair fifty-four to twenty, and uh, they look good doing it. Yeah, we and we talked a little bit about the fact that when you play in the CMAC like they do, you know, you're and you're playing twice a year against PW, twice a year against Portland St. Patrick, twice a year against Langsburg and other bigger schools than than Fowler. That alone gets you ready. But they also played a, a unbeaten Byron team. They played Ithaca. They played Lenaway yeah. Christian. They played D- Division Two Champ Portland. They played Saginaw Nouvelle, which was another, you know, I think believe they were number one in, in D four at the end of the season. Right. Um they they played such a competitive schedule that really their four losses, when you looked at them, yeah, maybe they didn't have the gaudy unbeaten record that other teams had, but that was a battle-tested team. I think part of the problem with Fowler the last couple of years, especially when they were in the same – at one point they were in the same region as, as Lenaway Christian, so whoever came out of their district was going to get Lenaway Christian at their peak a couple of years ago, you know, and got that right in the, you know, in, in the teeth – uh, coming out of of districts, 
that's been a program that's had quite a bit of success over the years. Now they've also, you know, in that area in D4 or, or Class D, they've kind of shared the spotlight with Portland St. Pat, which has gotten, you know, the lion's share of the glory in the Lansing area among small schools. But Fowler's been right there. And, and this was a team that kind of expected to be there last year. They'd been in the, I believe they, they made it to the semis the year before that. Um, so so this, this was not unexpected for them. It really ended up being once we looked at you know the final score. It ended up being the least competitive of the four right. championship games, just because Fowler's defense was so good. I mean, they held Bel Air yeah. to fewer than ten points in each quarter. They held them to twenty percent shooting. I mean, it was just it was one of those that you, we talked about that a little bit uh, with the uh, the Flint Beach or Iron Mountain game on the boys' side. This one was it, it felt like it was kind of over from the jump. They yeah. were stifling Bel Air so so you know completely. Yeah, it's Bel Air was. Next they, year. They, they they made just three of twenty five shots in the first half. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's was, that's yeah, struggling, was, and that's yes, due to great defense. And, and- and it, it, that was not an optical illusion. When you were no. watching the game, it looked like that. They were struggling yes. to get to the basket. They were struggling to hold on to the ball. They were – they were. I mean, that was a very good Bel Air team that had run through kind of a gauntlet up north and, and gotten through some very good teams to get there. So it's no, you know, no slight on them. We're, we're not talking about a team that, you know, skated through without having to – to win its its spurs on the way in, but no, that, but that was Fort, that was a complete dismantling defensively yo, it was. by Fowler, and it, and it was a force of nature called the Riley Sisters. Yes, yes, and those two are back next year, which is part of the reason you look at this Fowler team and go, they could win a couple here. The Riley Sisters, and you know, Coach George talked about it a little bit in in the um, in the post game. Probably not a lot of people outside of Central Michigan know too much about uh, Emma and Mia Riley, but people on the Class D level do, and and people who have been driving around Fowler, you know, know of the colossal battles in their driveway between the two of them that have, you know, included some black eyes and some crying, and yeah, those two have gone at it, Hamry, but those two combined for 34 points. Yeah. Um, Mia is a junior. She's coming back. Emma's a sophomore. She'll be back next year. Just that fact alone is going to make them a contender. Um, on, uh, Fowler does graduate five seniors and two starters, but with the two of them back, it's it's going to hard. It's going to be hard to not see them as one of the favorites in D four next year. Yeah, and uh, as we move to Division three, you know, one of the teams we've been talking about all season long, and you've been touting and certainly saying that Grass Lake. Uh, is is a force to be reckoned with, no question about it. Uh, Kenzie Bowers and crew uh, had a, right, yeah, yeah. Kenzie, yeah. I got uh, her name Kenzie right? Bowers and from yeah, Kenzie, yeah, yeah. yeah. from Kenzie Bowers. Yep. It was the team that yeah. that we knew were going to come in and uh, take it to uh, take it to the end, and they did. And it was a heck of a game uh, with with Grass Lake finishing on top. But man, um, that that was what we wanted to see in a state finale. Yeah, this was two heavyweights. This was right. this was the chalk matchup. This was two number one seeds. These are the ones that we kind of figured we'd see here, and we really wanted to see those two crews. This is a Kent City team that's run up against uh, Puama Westphalia the last three seasons, um, whether it be in, I believe it's been in regional finals the last two. You know, they, they were right there. We, you mentioned Kenzie Bowers, her younger sister Lexi. They've got yeah. uh, Jenna Harrison, the gunner. That was a team that, that could give grass. Grass Lake a run if anybody could in D three you know and it, we had I, Grass Lake as high in, as so. yeah they yeah. and they were that was another one you mentioned a couple of the near miss games you know that that Beecher right. and Grand Blank right. had yeah. they were supposed East Grand Rapids right near the end of the season and I think both sides kind of went let's not risk it as far as you know COVID exposure right but that would have been another exceptional game Kent City was a team that had just been you know. They'd been doing to people what Fowler did to Bel Air in the in the D four finals all season long. I mean, we're talking margin of victory in the forties most of their games. You know, not even challenged until they got to the semis. They really hadn't had more than two or three close games. I think the two with Morley Stanford were really their closest games all season long. Right. So they really hadn't been tested. You weren't sure how they were going to do, and. and Grass Lake went on a spurt, as they're known to do, and they were they were getting Lexus Bargister down the court with yep. frequency and with speed, um, and she was beating everyone down the court repeatedly. 
it kind of went on a run to pull the lead up to, I believe it got as high as 12. Yeah. And then Kent City, you know, a, Kent, a team that shoots as many threes and as well as Kent City does, they were not out of it. But it still felt like Grass Lake was still in control of this game all along. Bardiser, who kind of looked like she was getting in her own head a little bit because she missed a couple of those bunnies. You know, at one point she kind of slapped the floor in frustration after after missing a couple. She ended up going four for four from the line in the last 35 seconds to keep it a two-point yeah. game. Yep. You know, and, and double, defense, double. They, yeah, they 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 let they let uh, let up a, a, a kind of a meaningless layup right at the buzzer uh, to kind of to get it back to two again. But it was it was one where it was close, but it was never you never sensed from Grass Lake that there was any any panic. You talk about a schedule that they've played; they have oh. played everyone this season, the and they've beaten everybody except yep. Edison. Edison was really their only game they couldn't beat. This was a Grass Lake team that really, I mean, they were you knew this run was coming from them at some point in time. They just had a problem getting their run started. They kept running up against Michigan Center and districts in yeah. the last couple of this years. This was their or, first or, regional title. Uh, first regional title since 79-80. It, was, okay. it, was, it had been a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Before any of these kids yeah. were born. Yeah, before exactly. my wife was born. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they won three regional titles overall. Okay. This is their first quarterfinal even. That, that But you've got Alexis Bargesser, who is a top 50 player in the nation in right. the class of, of 2022. Um, and, and you could just see it. You, uh, I, I, it was either one day or two days after the final. She's running track and winning 50, you know, the 50-yard dash in the 100. She's just flat-out speed and athleticism. She's a, she's a very refined player as far as being able to shoot, too. But you just look at her. She's she's such an incredible athlete and so fast end line to end line that it's just hard for people to keep up with her. Um, and and she comes back next year, which is another reason that's kind of a running theme with a lot of these girls teams. We're not talking about teams that are maxed out with, you know, a bunch of seniors who are all graduating. So they aren't going to be one and done kind of teams. Th- this Grass Lake team could very come back and win it next year with Lexis Bargesser and, and Gabby Luchka, who, you know, is their, their three-point shooter who holds the uh, – the state record for uh, single game three pointers. Yeah, um, she's headed to Northwood. She's coming back, so they're going to lose Abri Cabana, who's their their uh, their floor general. She's going to Grand Valley. Um, they lose a, a couple of other key players they've had for, during this run, Amber Boomer and Lauren Pongratz. But they've got those two, Bardisher and Luchka, and if they could put you know a, a, a decent enough team around those two, you've got a contender in D three come come next year. Yeah, let's get all 14 of her points in the first half. That was huge <clears throat> just to get them uh off off the get off the uh, uh get, you know, out of the gate strong and uh and then allow some of the other players to to catch up. So, all right, we're going to get back to Matt talk about Division 2 and Division 1 in just a little bit, but right now we're going to go back to the boys. We've got the fellas here uh back at the table. We're going to talk about the Saturday Division 2 state final. We'll talk about the night cap. Uh and um you know, we've been touting Grand Rapids Catholic Central all season. We know uh, what that group was going to bring to the table. And uh, Battle Creek Penfield was a team that that was the surprise. Cinderella. Uh, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. of, of this thing. And the fact that they were able to get to the state finals, they're holding their head up high. I mean, there was ha- halftime. It's a tie game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they certainly uh, had to go through. Uh, a tough, tough road to get where they did, but they, they handled all comers. But in the end, uh, the Cougars are a program that are built for the Breslin. You know, built for big moments, built, built for, for big the Breslin games. in the in the fo- uh, in the basketball season, built for Ford Field in the football season. That's right. There's just a great athletic program there. I know. And we just uh, for the last couple of minutes been talking Miss Basketball with. Uh, the uh, Edison's DD. Well, let's talk about Grand uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central's KK Caden Brown. Um, again, just lightning in a bottle. Twenty five points, five assists. He's only a sophomore. Um, this was a real coming out party for him. Yeah, I'm, obviously everyone knows about uh, Jack, uh, the shooter on the wing. Yeah. Yep, little foul trouble kept him out. You know, out out of uh, going gangbusters, I guess. Uh, you know, and having a, a huge scoring night, but still yeah, just a sophomore. Know, yeah, just well, a sophomore. Yep, that's that's Caden Brown's just a sophomore. Jack yeah. Karazinski, okay, right. who I believe is you know he's a junior. I believe that if I if if I and if we've talked about Ty Rogers being uh, Mr. Basketball next year, yeah, um, you know I think Jack Jack Karazinski is going to wind up falling in well, somewhere in that fold too. Um, you know, being a finalist, um, 
I'm not employed by anybody that does that. No, you right. Know, so, no, yeah. Uh, you know, who, who brings up in the final five. But, uh, yeah, yeah, phenomenal job by them. And, you know, T.J. Mirman, you know, for the most part brings back his, you know, entire team. You know, we talk about, you know, the 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 wonder, fat, fat, you know, uh, Darrell Brown. Yeah. Um, but Brooks. Then, uh, Darrell Brooks. And yeah. then also, uh, you know, I've got his brother. Um, Jordan. Jordan Brooks. Um, Jordan had a phenomenal game. Yeah. Ten um, points, seven boards. And, and – while I think that his younger brother winds up, you know, getting a lot more of the pub a lot, uh, you know, he you know, hats off to uh, Jordan for for really doing a good job and stick and, and doing a good job of uh, of putting up numbers himself. Yeah, absolutely. Know, a producer. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and again, you know, we do credit Penfield. Um, you know, uh, it was really. The Cougars went on a 14-2 run kind of later in the game that kind of, you know, gave them the lead that they never were able to give up. Um, but, you know. And then Coolham uh, but, Luke Davis, I mean, just had uh, one of the tournament runs for the yeah, ages and, yeah. you know, put his name on the map. Uh, right. He's also a really cool good. Hand only a junior. He's a really junior. He's a really good football yeah. player, too. I think he broke the school record last year for receiving yards. I think he had about 800 receiving yards. Yeah, yeah. he had so, 17 points, four assists. And he, in the, he in was the, game, the yeah. I mean, he, he was he was the, the catalyst yeah, for them no. during this tournament run. Right. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to have hair like that, you got to make sure, you know, <laughs> you, with, the, with the frosted tips, you got to make sure that you're going out there and and and, and, and showing Represent. forth, you know, if you're going to have your swag and that Chris Heron haircut. Right, right. And, and, and let's not forget one of the guys that does graduate from uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, uh, Gabe Quillen, uh, mm. Gabe Whopper Junior Quillen. Uh, you know he's he's just a little bit too much in the mid, in the middle. Uh, you know for and I'll and I'll give credit to Steve Finnamore, uh, who I was sitting next to yeah. and watching the game. Yeah. Uh, former C, former East Lansing coach. Yeah. Um, you know a former Lansing Sexton coach as well. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm sitting next to him and he's like, hey. This guy looks like the Whopper Junior, yeah. you know, with, with his Brooklyn accent and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. TJ, what do you know about the Whopper? You don't remember yeah. the Whopper, you know? So we had to bring over former NBA player uh, Tim McCormick, who was on the broadcast, yeah. and he, oh, he was like, "Yeah, the Whopper." You know, uh, I'm not going to bring up the guy's name, but, <laughs> no yeah, problem. Uh, but yeah, former NBA player back from the 2000 on the 20th century, uh, who was named the Whopper, and who. Gabe Quillen reminded Steve Finnamore and, of and said the Whopper Junior. So but the yeah, Whopper Junior is a is a, is flattering. Yes, and so he's going. Yes, so he's going. <laughs> we say but, it with love. Yep, yep, and he's going to he's going to hope say it with endearment. He's yes. going to hope, and you know he's just another guy uh-huh. that was just too much size, um, you know, for for Penfield to match up with. You know, talk about you know Gabe's you know six seven and you know two hundred twenty pounds. You know that's on the high school level. That's that's that'll get a lot done. No doubt about it, and uh, congratulations. Uh, and again, we're, like you said, everybody's coming back. We should be expecting uh, the Cougars to be back. Another team we probably are going to expect to be back next year is Grand Blank. So let's talk about the Division One matchup. With the front runner probably for the Yo, 2022 Mr. We, we Basketball, talk, We, we talked about Breslin making you know an impact. Ty Rogers had an impact. And uh, his team on defense had an impact. Both teams played well defensively. Uh, Ann Arbor here on Grand Blank, we knew this was going to be a defensive battle. It was low scoring, uh, as pretty much all of Ann Arbor Huron's games have been in the tournament because they focus so much on the defensive end. Uh, and if you're not knocking down threes like they want to knock down threes, uh, it is going to bring the score um, down and uh, it's going to give your you know the other team an opportunity uh, to uh, stay with you. And uh, but in the end. This was just, you know, again, I think if you could have played five more minutes, uh, we could have had a completely different outcome just because both teams uh, were, were given it all they had. They left it out on the floor. Um, but uh, these Bobcats yeah. well, uh, were well, ready yeah. to go. Very, very well deserved. Hats off to R.J. Taylor. Yep. Yes. A sophomore point guard, had a phenomenal game. Uh, you phenomenal know, really, game. really did a great job of controlling. 15 points, five assists. Yep. Controlling, controlling the tempo. Uh, you know, let, let's see how, you know, his recruiting goes and all that stuff over the over the summer. Um, you know, I'm sure that it will it will it will pick up as college coaches are able to see him. Um, you know, at a more selective. And believe me, Ty like Rogers benefits greatly from R.J. Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Hey, and, and yeah, he, yes. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Ty Rogers, who no. who would be great, whoever the point guard was, but. R.J. Taylor puts him in the best positions for him to no do question. what he what he needs to do, and frankly, next year I, I expect you know when when the recruiters are out in force, um, taking a look at at Ty, 
you know, let's get a give RJ an opportunity Absolutely. to show everyone what he can do. And right. you know, he yeah. right now he's he's definitely going to play college basketball. It's just a question of you know what level he's going to slot at. Yeah. yeah, and both teams struggled. Uh, Bobcats shot less than thirty percent from the field and beyond the three point line. Uh, but for their defense to hold Huron to only twelve second half points. Yep. Uh, granted that you know uh, foul trouble. They had some foul trouble. Yep, and uh, but. They're so deep. Whoever's in foul trouble, they have a guy who can step up and make a shot or make a, a rebound and a put back. They're usually really, really good at second chance opportunities mm-hmm. with Brandon Rawls and and company uh, down low. Um, and it really was the defense at the end. And it really was Ty Rogers, you know, with about two and a half to go. That said, um, what's that? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, say what you're saying, Matt, because I can't read that. Been telling you guys about R.J. Taylor for a while. You have been. Oh, yes, you have been. Yes, no, you have been. And you're right. And it was, uh, and for me, I have not seen Grand Blank in person this year. Uh, and immediately, that's where all eyes went, was the play of R.J. Taylor and uh, and him hitting big shots. And, and, Ty, uh, Rod- and Ty Rogers. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. But Ty Rogers, you see, he stands yeah. out. This little guy right, right. is is yeah. is running all over the place, and he's making defensive plays. He's leading the break. He's le- he's the energy guy. Well, um, Amont- Amante Allen Johnson is also a sophomore yeah. on that team. Yeah, uh, you know RJ's putting up great numbers. Yeah. Some would say that Amante might be the better long term uh, prospect. Um, as far as college goes, but and you were talking about producing, and that's what we're talking about now. Yeah, uh, and we're in the moment of high school basketball. Yeah, you know R.J. Taylor, you know his his playmaking abilities, you know his ability to to see the floor. You know he made some great passes. Um, you know even driving baseline and and being able to you know being underneath the basket where it looks like maybe he's stuck and all of a sudden he's kicking it out you know to the wing and his wide open three pointers. Uh, you know, but hats off to hats off to Mike Thomas. I mean, yeah, we talk, I mean, you know, a future, future, another future Hall of Famer. If you yeah, ask me, absolutely. Uh-huh. And guys, yeah. and guys had left that team. You know yeah, what I mean? Nate, there were guys who Nate felt Brown like I'm going to get better opportunities at, at, yeah. at some other other places. And the fact that they used that as fuel, as yeah. the rallying cry. And uh, well, wouldn't you want to play for Mike Thomas? The guy's won right. state championships before. The guy, I think, the it, guy it, knows what it, it, I mean, is he, a winner. He, he's been. Yep. Mentored by great coaches, yeah, he's, and he's, he's a, he said he's a that motivator. the seniors there were fifteen of them when they were freshmen, and there were only three left. You well, know, another thing I, w- I want to say about Ty, about Ty Rogers, and you know the situation is what it is, but for the last two years, because Amani Bates was in the state, taking a lot of oxygen out of the room when you're discussing the best class of of twenty two guys. Um, you know, Amani leaves the state, and Ty Rogers is able to say, "Well, guess who's the best player in the state now? It's yeah. me." <laughs> yeah. And you know, this run just kind of uh, cements it. Yeah. But if you weren't from the Flint area or from Grand Blank, or you weren't really paying attention to recruiting rankings, let's say it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That you might not have really even know who knew Ty Rogers was before this year. Yeah, and I, I do want to give some props. Um, uh, when he came to the River Rats, Devin Womack showed up. Yeah. Uh, at the state finals and showed what he could do, uh, and uh, and even you know Kingsley Perkins had a really good state finals, just six points, but he had 14 rebounds in the game and he was really keeping possessions alive. And Kingsley's one of those guys too that you know kind of fell out of the uh, you know when when talking about you know the guys whether it was Julian Lewis or, or Devin Womack, uh, you know, or even Tyson Edmondson, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was uh, Kingsley Perkins and Brandon Rawls. Uh, that we're, we're doing the work down low to to help them have the season they did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really feel for Kingsley. Uh, I know that they're – I just hope that the free throws, miss free throws yeah. uh, coming down the stretch, you know, don't haunt him for yeah. too long. And, you know, he's able to go back and, you know, and, and find calm on Lake Superior at, – at Lake Superior – or, excuse me, on Sault Ste. Marie yeah. at Lake Superior State uh, where he'll be as well as Edmondson and Womack. Um, for the next four years, more than likely the next four years, we shall find out with the portal and all that stuff. But I'm not going to say anything about that, Coach Hedinger. Sorry. Uh, yes. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, th- there. Yeah, there were some fouls here or there. You know, that could be, you know, said. You know, for either team. Um, at the same time, you know, looking at, you know, if there was another five minutes, 
I, I think that Grand Blank would have even furthered their lead Maybe. because Julian Lewis, yeah. you know, did foul out. Yeah, you know, you're going right. For, uh, going for a loose ball, and I'm not oh, sure if the yeah. player tripped over the line or tripped over Julian Lewis, but he was called for the foul. And, yeah, I'll give you one thought. Next year, mm-hmm. I keep on getting too I know, close to the you mic. Do, I, you don't do. know, I don't know why I do. I don't know. It's all right. It's okay. Hey, it's you're scuffing up ha- the Pumas, man. It's a habit. It's a, it's a comfy thing. You're good. Um, Go ahead. I think it's possible that we could end up seeing in the 2022 Class A state championship, you could have two former college teammates on opposite sides of the bench going at it. Now we got the defending state champion, Grambling Bobcats, Mm -hmm. Mike Thomas played at uh, Albion for for Mike Turner, and then maybe the, the team with the most underclassman talent in the state right now, Birmingham Brother Rice. Rick Palmer played yeah. with Mike Thomas at Albion for Mike Turner. Okay. And I would not be shocked if that Brother Rice team, when all those guys are juniors, um, have the kind of year that you know sure. Ty Rogers had as a junior this year. And it's a good call. We could, we could see an all-Albion-Britain bench war. And if, yeah. I, and if I could further that, yes. and I'm going to stick with the same, same tune, who's not to say Oak Park and Port Huron Northern? Uh, a couple of Mike Turner, Mike Turner, Mike Turner proteges as well with Brian Jameson, who was the head coach. Uh, his son, phenomenal player, Tyler. sophomore, is going to be a junior. Uh, Tyler Jameson, uh, you know, they made a nice run before being cut off by being being disrailed by yeah. uh, Macomb, Dakota. Right. Uh, but then Oak Park, you know, I know that I know that Durant Shepard, who was already won championships with uh, St. Martin de Pores back in the early twentieth first century, right. uh, you know, and then as, as also as a player. But, yeah, you know, hats off. Let you know that no level, whatever level you go to, you if you want to stay in this for, you know, as a player, as a, you can be involved in basketball for as long as you love the game. And, uh, you know, and, and, yeah, hats off. I think Mike Turner, you know, is somewhere in, 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 in I'm sure, uh, hopefully, I'm sh- Hopefully he's somewhere sunny and and nice warm weather, and he was able to tune in and and watch these games, uh, you know, and and smile and they say, love him and all, say all that's his, my guy right there. All of his former players, yeah. they swear yeah, by absolutely. Mike Turner, and he, he was at yeah. he was at the helm of that Albion program for thirty plus yeah. years, forty years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic guys. Hey. Yeah. yeah it's uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to continue with Matt. We're going to get our Division One too. Uh, but I know you guys probably have things to do. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for uh, you know another season of greatness, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again. And for right. me, you know, for, right. and for me, for you know, all the listeners out there, you know, keep turning in or, yes. or clicking in to uh, statechampsnetwork.com. Yes, I'm still doing my recruiting blogs uh, twice a week, and I do a lot of off-season basketball and football whether it be recruiting or what's going on in the in the in the camp circuit AU circuit seven on seven circuit and then check out uh at some point this week we're going to be posting a uh top five stock market high risers from the breslin center uh the guys that that up their stock the most yeah and we talked about uh, most of them yeah yeah uh on this broadcast so uh you know you'll check you see how they how they stack up one through five yeah just go just go to statechampsnetwork.com click on blogs hit state champ scout team also bernie's bites will have uh, other stuff too that yep. uh, that gets put on there when it's not related to recruiting so uh yeah go check that out definitely uh you know scott's always writing for the Oakland press as well so you can follow him uh and do his stuff if tj now that you're hitting the circuit and we want to get some information what's happening what's the best way to follow you uh, probably just follow me on twitter scoop ips yep. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm bernie's tweets yeah. b-u-r-n e-y-s-t-w-e-t-t-s there you go bernie's tweets scoop ips that will keep you in the know gentlemen thank you thank, thank you, you thank you okay. all right all right, so once again, we thank TJ and Scott for their work all season long. Matt Mowry is here to uh, uh, put a bow on this broadcast, and uh, we're going to talk about Division Two and Division One uh, of the girls' basketball high school state championships. And uh, uh, in Division II, uh another team that, uh, you know, has basically been getting it done um, and was just outstanding, I thought, uh, Portland, and you know we had a really good matchup in Portland and Oigo, uh in Division Two, uh, and um, but man, I, I really just enjoyed uh, watching Portland play. 
Yeah, it's it's a good team, very well coached, and and they've been a team that it, Portland had a stretch in the mid two thousands where they were a contender year in and year out. They dipped a little bit, and Jason Hay took over the three, four, or five years ago. And we even mentioned this in, in the 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 podcast before the finals. Yeah. They don't, they don't get enough credit where they are. They're kind of, you know, Portland's a little detached from Lansing. They're kind of part of the Lansing area, but yep. but they're not. They don't get as much pub in the Lansing area as the, you know, East Lansings and DeWitts and Williamstons. And, you know, even, even in their own localized area, they've kind of taken a backseat to Portland St. Patrick and, you know, PW to a lesser, lesser extent just down the road. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a Portland program that's been a very strong program. They just hadn't ever taken that last step. And this was kind of that last step for them. It was kind of interesting when they were talking about, you know, kind of the schedule they'd played. Interestingly enough, midseason they had an opening. They had a cancellation of one of their non-conference games. So uh, Coach Jason Hayde was like, hey, i got to find somebody to, you know, kind of give us a tough game that will help us get ready. They picked up a game with Nuego, middle of the season, just figuring, okay, this will help us get better. Not ever figuring that this was who they were going to play in the state championship game. It gave them kind of the blueprint. They knew they had to, f- to figure out how to defend the yeah. ball screen offense that Nuego ran with the sisters, Jaxie and Jaylee Long, those kids coming off those ball screens, you know, and just ripping down the lane to the, to, to the bucket. They had to figure out ways to stop it. They worked a lot on that leading up to the to the championship game. They held Nuego to three for nineteen shooting in the first half and nine for forty three in the game. They held uh, Jackson and Jaylee Long to to thirteen total points and one by twenty. It was when they took and incorporated what they needed to work on with those ball screens. It was a defensive clinic that they put on out there. It it, it was very impressive to watch, as you said. Yeah. This is a Portland team that you know. Through no fault of their own, we even talked about this a little po- in, a little bit in the postseason. People are going to try to put an asterisk on this championship. Yeah, but Edison wasn't there. Yeah, but right. Chandler Park wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but West Catholic didn't have two of their best players, which is true to an extent, but is also unfair in a large sense to these Portland players because, as as Jason Hayes said. We can only play who's across from us each game. They they beat everybody they needed to beat, everybody that lined up on the floor to them. So it's unfair from that aspect to, you know, yes, this was a weird postseason. And yes, it's going to be one that we talk about, about, you know, what happened and how many contenders got knocked out, you know, through no fault of their own either. But it, it shouldn't take away anything from what these Portland kids accomplished because they did everything. And, and they beat, quite honestly, one of the teams that I thought once Edison and, and Chandler Park were out and I didn't know that West Catholic was going to have some you know spring break issues, I think it was. I thought Frankenmuth was one of the teams that was obvious to kind of go, okay, well, they're next in line. And Portland beat them in the regional finals. And so, you know, to get to kind of get revenge for last year when Freeland or for when uh, they lost to Frankenmuth the year before. So, you know, it, they beat who they needed to beat to get there. This is another team. This is going to be the ongoing theme. This is a team that brings back a lot next year. Yeah. They graduate just two seniors, they're, including their leader, Ava Gruber, their point guard. But they return everybody else in the starting lineup. They're, they got to be one of the favorites next year, along with Country Day and West Catholic and Frankenmuth, you know, yeah. the teams we kind of talk about. But yeah, I, I don't see how you, yeah, and, and yeah, Edison yeah, going to be there. I mean, that's that's going to be going to yeah. be strong, yeah. Yeah, Division Two yeah. is good, and, and that's been one of the things that we've talked about before. That Division Two hasn't always been that strong. A couple right, years right. ago, when Edison first opted up into D two, it was almost like. Well, why didn't they just go ahead to opt up into D1 and take on, you know, at that time Heritage was the power and Wayne Memorial was there. And, you know, why didn't they opt up into that? Because I think they could have competed and D2 really wasn't as much. I think next year D2 will be one of the strongest divisions, kind of like D3 was this year. Yeah, and uh, the junior Ashley Bauer uh, led the way for Portland with 20 points in the 52-32 to victory in the state championship. Raiders went 22 overall. Bauer's now got over 1,000 points in uh, and set the school scoring record uh, for them. But you're right. I mean, you know, the uh, Olivia Densmore, Ava Guilford, the, those players uh, both had 12 in the finals. They'll be back. So, yeah, maybe if you want to put an asterisk on this, maybe, but this team might be better next year. So, um, I, I'm sure for them, they're like, great, put an asterisk, whatever. We're just going to go out and win it next year then. 
Right. Yeah, and absolutely. That would, if if people do continue to do that, that's probably yeah. just going to be motivation for them to prove it again. Absolutely. So congratulations uh, to Portland and uh, and a state championship in Division One. Well, this was. This was not the pairing that I was expecting to see uh, in the state championship. Uh, although, you know, I give you know you a lot of credit because you've really uh, given Hudsonville the credit that they obviously deserve for uh, much of the season, let alone the state tournament. And uh, and you were always uh, high on Detroit Renaissance, um, you know, and, and not looking at their rep- record, but looking at who they played. Uh, and also getting a chance to, you know, talk to Coach Lowell and 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 you know, uh, knowing some of the girls and the talent that D- Detroit Renaissance has. Um, but for uh, for Hudsonville uh, to win their first girls basketball state championship in Hudsonville history, a school that uh, if you're familiar with with West Side schools, you know, uh, Hudsonville's known a lot more than just for ice cream. Uh, you know, it's a proud high school sports community, and now this group. Uh, can put themselves, uh, you know, in the pantheon of Eagles history and say that, hey, we were the first to win a state championship and uh, we did it our way and they did it in a powerful way. Yeah, defense, defense, defense. I mean, I don't think we, – we talked even before the, the finals about the size that they have and the number of six-footers they can put out there. Well, you can do that, and there have been other teams who put out you know quite tall lineups in the past. If you have six-footers who are slow-footed and can't move their feet, right. that, that's a different story. Yeah, you, you can put your arms out, but that doesn't necessarily allow you to guard people. It became really evident in that semifinal game when they played a very good Midland Dow team and just absolutely defensively imposed their will on Dow. Dow kind of plays a little bit similarly to, you know, the way we were talking about with Portland, Nuego, and the ball screens. Dow just wasn't getting any of those screens. were not opening anything up. They were getting help. You know, the the Hudsonville players were getting help from from the help side. They were getting people hedging on screens. They were getting – so there were just no openings for that Dow team. Now, it was an off-shooting night. I think everybody associated with the Dow program will admit that. But I think a lot of that was due to the length that Hudson Bill provides. And it's not just the six-footers. It's it's Alana Diaz at the, at the point was a, a very large reason they were so successful in that semifinal win against Dow because she matched up head-to-head with Dow's leading scorer, Jada Garner. She's not a six-footer, but she's got very long arms, and she's able – she's very quick, very fast end-line to end-line. I was kind of joking with somebody after the, the finals. I want to see an end-line to end-line race between Lexus Barges or Alana Diaz and Jada Garner, all of whom run track as well, to see who comes out on top in that one. But that Alana Diaz – and the fact that she was able to handle the ball successfully against Renaissance's pressure – in the finals was a large reason that that whole, you know, 20 minutes of chaos kind of thing that, uh, that Renaissance relies on to get them all of the turnovers and points off turnovers. And quite honestly, what they did in the third and fourth quarter to Wayne Memorial after Wayne had built a big lead in that semifinal game. Yeah. They were able to do that a little bit to Renaissance or to, to, excuse me, to Hudsonville in the fourth quarter when they held Hudsonville, just one, one field goal attempt in, in the fourth quarter. But it really, I mean, for the most part, they were not getting a tremendous amount of offense out of that like they usually do. Uh, Hudsonville was able to manage it very well. And then the other part for, for Hudsonville in that finals was J.C. Tubergen just went wild. wild. She had 16 of her 28, 28 points in the third quarter. Shannon Wall said after the game, we had no answer for her. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got Shannon Wheeler, your your defensive stud, you know, hooked up on Maddie Petrolia, and you've got, you know, Kylie Davis and, and Diaz going head-to-head, well, you've got to have another defender you can throw on to Virginia. She, she had 16 points in the third quarter as Hudsonville built up a 14-point lead. Now, they needed every bit of that lead because Renaissance did make one of its patented runs to come back at them and, and actually had a chance to cut it. They cut it to two with a 16-2 run. You know, Kylie Davis, who had been such a hero in that 
um, semifinal win over Wayne Memorial, just going yeah. another another person who thought maybe I should have been in the Mister or Miss Basketball conversation. Sure, she was not a finalist. She kind of proved her case that maybe she should have been. Um, she had 34 points in the semis, then came yeah. back in the finals and had 10 of her 26 points in the in the championship game in that fourth quarter as part of that 16-2 run. Key moment they had a. Renaissance, you know, is kind of doing that scrambly thing and and getting everybody all discombobulated. Get a turnover. Kylie Davis open in the in the the far corner for a three pointer. Looks like and the way she's been shooting, you just had that feeling that if this goes in, game on. Now we've got yeah, you know we're down yeah. to I believe it would have cut it to two. And Alana Diaz recovers from from losing the ball gets a fingertip on it and you know she she's probably the the fifth of the five starters that you would pick to have a block shot you know right. just because she's probably the shortest of them right but right. just that recovery speed and she managed to get a fingertip on it and block that shot renaissance ends up getting the rebound the offensive rebound and then diaz comes and steals the ball mm-hmm. and then goes and nails the free the free throws at the other end she was nine for ten from the line in 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 that championship game and um and really she she allowed them to seal it up and and yeah i you mentioned that not a, not as many people gave them credit i i think part of it was there are so many west side teams this year that right. really thought they had a had a chance yeah. you know between east kentwood and their own division of the ok yeah. and uh east grand rapids and you know that was a kind of one of those 1a contenders with renaissance at the start of the season byron center had another great year yep. west catholic got a lot of the the cred so yeah you're right on that west side i don't know that they got as much credit even and statewide certainly they didn't but that's a defensive minded team with a lot of scoring options you know if, if it wasn't if it wasn't Tuberjin in the in the finals it could have been Petrolia or if it wasn't her it could have been Joldersma or it could have been Diaz they have so many options all of them almost come back they graduate one starter and one top sub Ashlyn Bailey other than that everybody comes back i i have a i don't know how i don't rank them number 1 to start the season next year you know maybe that's a toss up between them and edison but maybe. yeah they earned that spot absolutely they earned it i mean 21 wins in a row probably no team boys or girls had uh as much of a difficult run uh from the regional final on as hudsonville had to avenge a defeat against east grand rapids their lone loss yep. They do that. They beat East Lansing, who we had ranked very high. They beat Midland Dow, who we had ranked very high. And then they beat Detroit Renaissance, who we had ranked very high. Yep, and they run the gauntlet, and they did it with defense, and they did it. You know, they they did it. It wasn't it wasn't like any of those games you could say, yeah, but there no asterisks on this no. one. This was no. a you run the gauntlet, and you you earned every bit of the reward for this season. That that's that's Absolutely. a that's an exceptional team, and that's a that's a champion that that's you know is like I said, that's going to be a team to watch out for next year because I think a lot of the other contenders, when you look at the other final four. Everybody else loses a ton of talent. You know, yeah, you've got East Grand Rapids that, that has kids coming back. and But yeah, D1 is going to be – it's it's going to be hard not to they're, – they're almost a prohibitive favorite at this point without yep. doing a whole lot of research. Absolutely. And uh, the beauty is, uh, you know, as I am an, op- an eternal optimist that we're going to get – uh, this COVID thing is going to be behind us when we get things going in November, and uh, we're going to get the showcases that we look forward to so much uh, in late December, where maybe we get to see some of these teams who don't normally match up during the year. We get to kind of see, okay, uh, this is a team who just took our number one team in D1 down to the wire or something along those lines. Uh, and we're going to see individual uh, stars kind of uh, uh, make their presence known. And uh, it'll be great to get back to a, a regular season. Uh, but uh, we are just uh, grateful beyond belief that we got through this one. And uh, it did turn out to be extremely entertaining and uh, uh, outstanding job by you all season long. And, uh, you know, certainly um, when it comes to state champs, uh, one of the things we pride ourselves more than anything is the fact that uh, we give uh, the girls' sports uh, as much credence and we try to put as much attention into 
uh, that as we do some of the the more popular boy sports. So uh, as you move into softball and and other sports here, uh, state champs is where you go that uh, we can give these players and these teams the credit that they deserve. And certainly uh, all the teams that competed in the finals and especially the state champions, uh, we give them all the credit in the world. And we look forward to doing this again next year. So, uh, Matt, I know that uh, full core coverage is where they go to find you for basketball. Where do they go to find you uh, for your other high school coverage? Uh, you can either go just to my main uh, my main Twitter handle Matthew B Mowry, or actually the softball baseball one is out of left field. So okay, I, I do have it segmented by seasons yes. as we've talked about before. And so yeah, it's it's I'm looking forward. I always love baseball and softball season. I used to yep. I was people a lot of a lot of people know I used to cover the Tigers for the Oakland yes, Press. Sir. So yes, I always sir. like uh, like the the baseball and softball. And we had, I know we had uh, yesterday we had a whole bunch of no hitters and perfect games already. So yeah. people are getting in the groove, and we're getting our uh, total softball player of the year yep. award off the ground this week. So that yes, will be yes. fun, and it will be uh, it will be nice. It will be nice just to get outside in the sun. That's always yes, my sir. favorite part of the spring. Yes, and it's a day we're recording. It was a beautiful day outside. I'm about to go outside in the sun, head over to Lamphere for some baseball. So, uh, all right, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in to Hang Time. We really do appreciate uh, you being uh, a part of this if you're a regular listener. And uh, we'll be back, and we'll do it again next year. We do have three spring podcasts. So we have a, a lacrosse podcast that will be debuting next week. But right now there is a great baseball uh, podcast hosted by Adam, Adam Woolley, who's the head coach at Madison Lights Lamphere. And uh, Rob Mendyka, it's really good. If you want to listen to it, it's called Extra Innings. Uh, you can go to Spreaker.com, just search State Champs Network or wherever you get your podcast. Extra Inning is the name of it. And then we have State Champs Swing Away, which uh, Jenna Rose uh, brings in Donnie Dreher and Brian Chittister of College Bound Jocks, and they get into uh, everything happening softball. A lot of recruiting talk in this particular episode of uh, Swing Away, uh, which will be debuting uh, on Friday. So, uh, so look for those. Otherwise, uh, look for us. Look for State Champs. Of course, the coverage doesn't end. So uh, we continues and we uh, uh, can't wait to do this again uh, in November, Matt. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks to Scott. Thanks to TJ. It's been a great season. This has been State Champs Michigan's Hang Time Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University.